welcome to Hannibal's Horny Hibachi Season 3. We are a weekly dinner party that gathers to watch and discuss an episode of Brian Fuller's Hannibal. I am Sonia, your friendly neighborhood show crime nerd. Let's go around the table and introduce the rest of the party. Hi, I'm Celeste. I'm an artist and nerd, and I'm new to Hannibal. Hi, I'm JJ. I'm a local filmmaker, local nerd, and the fanable of the three. And this week, I wanted to apologize, first off, for our <laughs> unplanned hiatuses. I, I blame JJ's career for being so amazing and awesome. <laughs> it's also the height of festival season. I'm sorry so, and not sorry. <laughs> so we are in and out of the Art Fair City. Yeah, JJ had a fab trip to New Zealand for Bayoryland. Yay! I'm still suffering a little bit of the jet lag, but, you know, worth it. Yeah, it's like oh, 7, yeah. It's like 7 p.m., right now but it's like uh 6 a.m in in your brain i don't know is it 7 p.m well well, that's the thing they're only technically six hours ahead but they're still like a day Day ahead so yeah right now it's uh 1 a.m in new zealand so 1 a.m thursday yeah Ugh. Wait, wait, no, 1 a.m. Thursday yeah, morning. Yeah, yeah. just, just <laughs> came Thursday, yeah. Hey, we're time traveling, I don't know. <laughs> it confuses me. <laughs> it makes my brain hurt. Oh, yeah, well, it's like, uh, I hate international travel, because when you go there, you lose a bunch of days, but when you come back, you're like, you leave at the exact same time you left, or you arrive at the same time you left? I don't know, it's confusing. Mm. Well, it depends where you mm. go, but yeah. Yeah, that's what happened when I went to Bangladesh. It was terrifying. Just for me, because I, like, I, I, I couldn't get... Uh, it took me two weeks to get over my jet lag. Because mm. coming coming west is always worse than going east. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, back to the show. <laughs> <laughs> this week we watched Corn Torno, which first aired July 2nd, 2015. <laughs> it's Con Torno. You said oh. corn. <laughs> Put an well, R in there. I'm not Italian. <laughs> I know. I am doing this phonetically. <laughs> but you didn't even say it right. <laughs> you put an extra R in there. Anyway. Uh, this episode, we throw Mama Will from the train. Okay. Uh, I just want to say, first off, the, epi- the Europe episodes remind me of a fanfic. One of those hundred chapter slow burn monsters where someone used a thesaurus throughout. But I am here for Topless Hannibal. So. Yeah, that's the only thing this fanfiction didn't have, though. We didn't actually see the sex. That was completely, like... Implied, but not shown <laughs> twice, and I was kind of mad. Between Bedelia and between Bedelia and Hannibal, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I just want to say too, if you've been watching my Twitter, I've been uh, tweeting Brian Fuller to confirm, like, if Bedelia and Hannibal ever got it on. Uh, the beast with two backs, as I call it. <laughs> I keep, like, that was, that was sort of, I've asked him twice, and he hasn't replied. So I will like that is my goal for now until the end of the season to see to confirm it. Like you know, I'm wondering if someone already asked it, and he's one of those people where like he won't answer twice. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. I wonder. If, I bet you someone's already asked it. So answer me. I'm not white. Yeah. So. If, if any of you other fanables uh, know the answer, please tell us. Yeah, please tell us. Like, did he confirm that they've done the deed? But if you look at it's that, very much implied though. Yeah. Like, yeah. It was very essential scene. Yeah, like he's he's got for on, he's his got hair. Shirt off. And yeah, and like he's like, here's like here's some snail, baby, and here's some wine. And then he's like <laughs> petting her hair back. I'm like, that's only like something you do when you you know. <laughs> <laughs> but it seems like um I really like that scene because it's one of the first times we see like I really like the season for casual animal. That's one of my favorite things about the season. Uh, like I hate the season as a whole, but there's certain parts I really really like. I'm really liking this season so far. I, know, I, I think I'm glad. I just feel like um, if we were all characters in an interview with the vampire, I'd be Louie. I'd just be having a bad time and trying to make everybody else have a bad time. Yeah, you, yeah you'd be Captain Bring Day. Yeah. And I'd be Lestat, being like, Sonia, come on. Sonia, how you love your precious guilt. But I am here for Hannibal's hairy chest. That was my favorite part of this episode. Mm-hmm. Oh. There's a lot of shirtless scenes I'm on this episode. I'm for that. Yes, sir. <laughs> oh yeah and before this episode started we had uh pork chops made by jj Ooh. which was really delicious but we were all suspicious when she got <laughs> yeah i know they're, they're all like, giving me the eye when they come over like this isn't people is it and like i was like think about it logically when the hell would i have time to i've been busy for god's sake well, <laughs> well the thing is we came in and it is classical music playing <laughs> So, of course, we're suspicious of what's going on. Yeah, that's just a coincidence. It really, it, really, it really was. Yeah, it was really hilarious to walk in. And, and it was delicious. Think, that was really Yeah, it was good. really good. I had a great time. <laughs> Lots of really good buns. I really like those. But one of my favorite li- favorite lines of the series is from the show, uh, from this episode, is when um, Bedelia tells him that I... Uh, 
like they're talking about how uh, predators can be trained to give up like certain aspects of their behavior. So she says like a shepherd dog doesn't slaughter the sheep, mm-hmm. and then Hannibal all sensually says, "But he wants to," and I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> Crush on Hannibal this season. Like, <laughs> oh, it's freaking me out. <laughs> it was funny though. It made me think of Will. Like, are we talking about Will? Is he the shepherd dog? <laughs> <laughs> well, they keep using dog, dog and wolf metaphors regarding him. So I'm thinking so. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Because he did say like Will. Will no, wait. Does that come later? Where she said Will will find you. Will will find you. Yeah, she was says it, that later. Yeah. Yeah, it's later. Okay, never mind. But mm. it's like an underlying threat that they're talking about. Which, by the way, I freaking love in this episode when she like sits beside. It comes later, but when she sits beside him by on the by the piano and Have starts talking, that was the most frank discussion I've ever heard Hannibal ever have about murder, <laughs> and it was great. I was like, why can't like we get this all the time? Like I get it all the time in fan fiction, but it's still it's like. Well, I think it's because he knows that he can't like because like she for all he knows like if she were to do that if they were still in Baltimore she could be wearing a wire. That's true. So, I mean, yeah. So like, if you out like he. Can't can't outright say like yeah i ate uh, this woman from the uh, from the baltimore society of like tree huggers or something and like if he is vague <laughs> about it then he then there's plausible deniability hmm. or what they call um reasonable doubt in court i'm sorry i sound so like i've been watching way too much prison tv shows so I'm sorry, like, <laughs> that's, what, that's what you need though <laughs> But, you know, she knows everything already, so there's no use of hiding it anymore. Yeah, yeah. it's like they're, like, they're basically murder husband and wife, yeah. Yeah. No, like, she, I don't think she's <laughs> ever done anything on her own, really, that wasn't somehow prompted by him, so. Yeah. Personally, that's how I feel, but. Uh, but it's obvious, I love how obvious it is that they spent a lot of money on that dragonfly man. And damn it, they're gonna reuse that shot and yeah. it as often as possible. We keep showing you that shot. <laughs> I know that was probably the first time where I was like, "Why did we go back to this? We're alluding to something, but I'm not sure." <laughs> I got the second shot, but I didn't understand like the first one, like why they showed it to us. Because you know, after the discuss the firefly scene, and that's when I realized, oh, he's like, you know, he's looking like a firefly. I get it. <laughs> But the first one didn't really explain anything. <laughs> oh, yeah, because they just had the snails on him. So I'm like, oh, yeah, he's being eaten by snails. Okay. Oh, <laughs> well, I guess the, it's supposed to allude to the, like, it explains why there were snails there. Yeah. I guess. Uh, so I guess you're just explaining. But it's like a deserted <laughs> castle. Of course there'd be snails there. Mm. I don't know. But I guess it just explains why there were so many snails. Question. <laughs> have you ever seen a snail in real life? I have. I think so. In New Zealand. <laughs> Okay, it was super fun. I was like, I was hanging out with a bunch of Norwegians, right? And uh, they brought their own wine because there was no alcohol at the, any of the things. It was BYOB. Hmm. It wasn't that you weren't allowed to drink. It's just they couldn't afford to. <laughs> so it was BYOB. Anyway, so the Norwegians had brought their own wine. And, you know, poured, poured us, each of us a glass. They keep refilling my glass. And then they put the wine down, took the bottle, and they put it on the ground, I guess because it's cooler or whatever, Not, like, as in temperature. And <laughs> and then they're like, one of them's like, uh, did uh, did we want more? And then he picks it up. He's ready to pour. And then there's a snail chilling right on the top of the bottle. Aww. And I was like, how long was the bottle on the ground? <laughs> that the snail how got all the way to snail? the top. <laughs> yeah, it was, what I loved is he was like, oh, yeah. And then I took a picture of it, and he's like, eh. And then he just poured everything. And then, then he's like, I'm going to recycle this bottle while the snail's still chilling on there. And I was he's like, fine. I'm like, oh, okay. So, yes, I have seen a snail. I've never seen a snail. I think I've seen a snail in zoos. But, like, I've never seen, like, a one You've in probably the seen wild. slugs. Yeah, I've seen slugs. I haven't where, seen a snail. Where they're not a snail yet. Uh, <laughs> they haven't found their home. Yeah. I, I think I've seen one, like, I was digging in the dirt when I was a kid. And, like, it was just there. I've seen tiny ones, yeah. But the, oh, not yeah. like the big monster snails. Oh, no, I've never seen yeah. a monster snail. Like the, oh, the I'll big, show you the picture of the snail. Yeah, the biggest snail I've ever seen is probably Gary from Spongebob. <laughs> so, <laughs> Gary's eye stalks are always my favorite thing. <laughs> it's like, what a cute name Well, snail. isn't like snails very, like, well, not popular, but they're in BC, and you see them quite often. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, there's a little snail on the beer bottle. I'm showing them the picture from New Zealand. Oh, It has little stalks on its thing. Yeah, right? Oh, like, it wasn't huge or anything, but as you could see, it, like, to this guy's he just hands wants if to pick them up. Oh, it's so cute. Yeah. <laughs> I love snails. But it's like one of my fears of accidentally stepping on a snail. <laughs> yeah, that'd probably feel. You know what? That I, that's like sad. part. Of, that's like part of my nightmares is stepping on bugs and uh, slugs and whatnot. Really? It's a weird thing that pops up every once in a while in my dreams, where like I'm trying to get from A to B, but the entire floor is covered in some kind of insect. 
And then I feel so bad for stepping on it and hearing the crunch beneath my feet. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's the weirdest feeling. I can't kill moss. Like those are like because they look too much like people to me. And then when you hit them, they become dust. It's like. Poof. <laughs> <laughs> stuff like it's just part of yeah. their, their wings is it a character have you never smacked one and then like it turned <laughs> yeah <laughs> well it doesn't make that sound that's my sound effect for the powder anything yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was that's so funny. cute <laughs> that just reminds me of uh, I don't know if you've played the game Breath of the Wild Legend of Zelda um, but I was telling Celeste the last time we were talking about whenever you kill a deer or a bird or something in it, it turns into meat, but in the funniest way possible, because, like, you kill it. Mm-hmm. Like, so, say I killed a fox. I'll kill the fox. The fox will fall over. It'll turn into a big cloud of smoke and turn into steaks. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's what I was thinking about when you said oh. that. <laughs> so, it just turns into a Oh, but uh, to bring down the mood, <laughs> if, I were, if I were Jack, I would have kept the ring. Like when he's dumping, yeah. Because yeah. I, I wrote here, maybe it's just me, but I feel that I would still be married even after the spouse's death in that case. Because like he is so close to her. Yeah. Maybe he just wants to make a clean break and start renewing his life. Because that, that's probably what Bella would I know. I feel like Jack's the kind of person who would still be in love with her even like years after she died. Yeah, like he would still consider himself married even if she wasn't mm-hmm. there. I think it's more probably what he thinks Bella would have wanted than what he personally would want. Yeah. And I think it's cool that he uh, put her ashes somewhere like that. Because I don't think she was the person that would want to be buried, if that makes sense. Because I don't want to be buried. Because I know my parents have buried me in my terrible hometown. So. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting, too. It's like, he's, he is supposed to be head of the behavioral sciences. So, in theory, he does have uh, probably a psychology degree of some kind. Or some some training, whatever. Probably some training, yeah. So, he's probably very aware of the grieving steps and the kind of treatment out there. And they do say, once your spouse has left you, you should at least entertain the idea of taking off your ring or else yeah you'll feel guilt or something not not really guilt but it's just you you yeah there is kind of a guilt but it's it's not healthy because then you're still married to them and then you don't open yourself to new possibilities after that so he's probably quite he's probably been aware of that since the beginning Mm -hmm. and then he was like you know what fuck it I think it's still sad. Yeah, it's such a sad scene. Oh, no, scene. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not denying that. Yeah, it certainly is very sad. Well, because, like, uh, I remember the most heartbreaking thing about that scene is he's holding her ashes in the urn, and then he just kisses it like it's her. And I was like, like, oh, right. mo- like, all that emotion and just one gesture, that was so perfect. I just love that scene. Because it's just, like, it shows, like, if my, like, I was telling my dad, because I just watched this before we went to uh, dinner, like, I was waiting for them. So I was watching this episode, I'm like, Dad, if I ever die before you, like, knock on wood, that doesn't happen. Um, <laughs> so, uh, cremate me and, and dump me, take me to Australia. And he's like, man, that might take a while. <laughs> so, <laughs> but it reminds oh, like, I did crack that joke I cracked last episode about, yeah. like, um, yeah. scattering my real name to Disney World. I told my friends <laughs> about that. Like, it's so funny to me still. <laughs> I, I had to explain the joke to my sister because she didn't get it. <laughs> well, it took us a couple of seconds. Yeah, too. Like, <laughs> it's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> but I really, that was one of my favorite scenes. Also, I really love, um how small european architecture is to modern people that like the the bridge is uh landing like the bridge is railing only came up to Lawrence Visburn's like hip probably like i don't know if you oh, noticed yeah. that but like it was so like he was just towering over it that's something i love about old buildings about how small like how gigantic you feel in them just kills me if i ever go to europe that i'll feel like freaking um bigfoot <laughs> yeah that's something i noticed when we went to the uk and we were exploring the castles i was like why are these doors and stuff like so narrow and i was like oh yeah that's right everyone was short back then so. <laughs> <laughs> and malnourished so no one really grew very tall oh yeah exactly it's like all tubby people here though, yeah. that, though apparently um uh what's his name king louis mm-hmm. the the eighth or whatever who, ch- who had all the wives. <laughs> I thought you said the ape. <laughs> the ape. The, 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 yeah, the King Louis uh, was the name of the ape though yeah. in uh, Jungle Book. I think the King was. But, but uh, <laughs> apparently he was um, six foot, six mm. foot one. So he was actually very tall for the time. So it's like it's not that tall oh, didn't wow. exist. It's just maybe very very rare. Maybe rare. that's how he got all those wives. <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently yeah, when he was a young man, he was very dashing. He was very handsome. He was fit, athletic. Mm. 
It was just, it wasn't until after he had an accident, then, you know, his life turned to shit. <laughs> Got fat. <laughs> Always in pain. Yeah. <laughs> and his diet didn't change, because, like, yeah, like, he was able to stay thin because he was constantly active. But he was still eating the same way after he had his accent, so. So he's got obese, yeah. He got obese, mm. yeah. Uh, but I do enjoy how Hannibal disgraces everyone who comes after him. Mm. Or is a potential threat in the future. So, like, everybody has been um, either disbarred or, like, somehow disgraced in the eyes of their professional capacity. Because, well, uh, uh, Patsy, Patsy. Yeah, Patsy. Patsy. I can't remember his name, sorry. <laughs> But in uh, Lawrence Fishburne's character, uh, Jack, mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, I couldn't really think of what I was Larry Fishburne. But no, yeah, like, they're all law enforcement and they all were disgraced because of their connection with Hannibal. Il Monstro, if you will. Mm. I still want to be called that. I want to tattoo that on my wrist. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I think that's not the feminine version. I think that's the masculine version. Speaking of tattoos, did you guys see my tattoo? Yeah, I was going to say that, but I didn't want to, like, I didn't want to sound creepy. I was looking <laughs> no. at your other one, actually. <laughs> oh. oh, yeah, yeah that, one, that, was, that one. That one's really cute. Yeah. So back to the episode. I love that um, Mason continues to be gross despite being a slip in the tub away from death. Oh. <laughs> he was like, just being such an asshole to me. Yeah. yeah. It was the line, spitters are quitters, quitters and yeah. you don't look like a quitter to me. It's like, yeah, I know. My, when I was watching the, the show, I was like, fuck you, Mason. <laughs> like, Do you not realize that like I could pull your respirator right now? <laughs> Oh. But um, how has he not been smothered? Also, his hair is still cool. I love his hair. <laughs> hey, he looks good despite how uh, um, everything else. Yeah, it's just like, <laughs> yeah, the reconstructive surgery proves that you could do anything. Like, because he, he does have the pig face, which are really cool. Mm. But I love that they left his hair alone. Hannibal knew to keep it there. But, <laughs> but I really love how evil Alana is. It's so cool how she was the one to figure out uh, Bedelia's yes. secrets. Oh, it's I love her. Oh, yeah. It's just like this blonde woman buys the exact same thing every week for two months. Or it was like three months, I think. And she always pays in cash. And I was like, ah. <laughs> it's like you figured it out. Yeah, I was quite proud of Alana in that moment. I was like, like, what are all the things that you like? Like everyone liked and disliked about Hannibal at the same time. And that was his taste. Yeah. And it's like, that feels like a thing that would never go away. No matter where he went in the world. Even when... Uh, you know, later happens. It doesn't go away. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, let's just keep working with that. Well, um, I, I don't remember in Silence of the Lambs, but, like, when before he gets that agreement with Starling, does he get, like, special food in the prison? Like, I can't remember. Like, uh, he does get that TV as punishment, but, like, and he has his books, but I don't know if he gets special food. Someone asked me so. that. Yeah. I, I don't know. I gotta look into it again. Because I was like, does he get special food before they get, like, they go to the governor? I can't remember. Like, somebody look up our YouTube uh, stream of it and tell me. <laughs> so, uh, but how cheap of it is, uh, is it of will for him to not get Chio her own room? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Jesus, get her her own damn room. I hate when guys do that. It's like, oh, there's only one room. I guess we're going to share. Well, it was, I know. It's like, it's <laughs> two separate beds. You know? I know. But still, like, he should have given her her own well, room. Well, do you know how much one of those costs on the train, <laughs> especially how far they're traveling? That's Where are they expensive. Tra- where are they traveling from? Uh, Lithuania. Lithuania to, to Italy. 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 Italia. What was I saying? <laughs> <laughs> Rome. I don't know. I didn't really mind the little like the shared room to me. It kind of reminds me of Anastasia. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, a, like a coach. Uh, but it still like bothered me because I'm like, she probably has money. Like let her buy her own desk. Does she? She but seemed kind of homeless in that Bannon castle. Well, it costs money to buy ammo. <laughs> like keep that gun safe. Well, what does like, she do for a job then? Maybe sell the the animals she killed. Possible, <laughs> but she's living cheaply in an old castle that she doesn't pay rent on, and like she kept that guy alive with all of uh, like, and she's wearing such fantastic clothes. What, and and she's probably wearing Chanel makeup. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I think she's just naturally pretty. What is with my, my head canon about this? <laughs> but Lithuania is near is in Eastern Europe, right? Like it's near Transylvania. I don't know. Like. <laughs> Names here. <laughs> so, so, so it's like, it's, it's how smart and educated you are at the same time. There's still like the level of oh, ignorance. And I'm just like, yeah, no. just looking at you like, what? <laughs> um, 
I'm one of those people that, uh, uh, like, all my knowledge will be f- hyper-focused on one thing, or, like, a bunch of things I really, really enjoy, and other other things I'll just be like, I don't give a damn. <laughs> like, it's like, no. I think that might be a low level of autism or something. <laughs> I don't know. I don't like Europe. Well, that sounds terrible. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> just has helped the whole country of Europe. <laughs> uh, it looks like it'd be uh, about 24 hours by car. But that might double by train. So it's probably like, well, because it takes like what? Uh, it takes two days to go to Churchill from here. And that's like the whole bloody province. It would be three days from here, wouldn't it? Churchill? Yeah. Because they have to, to go Churchill. To... Yeah. Because it's like 10 hours, right? To get mm-hmm. from Thompson to Churchill. And then probably be, that's twice the distance though from um, Winnipeg to Thompson. Because you also probably have to stop in the Paw. Yeah, it's stop everywhere. So, yeah, that'd probably be more like three days. Huh. Yeah. But I wish he, um, I wish Will would leave Chio alone. Like, because he keeps talking I about know. fucking Hannibal, and she obviously does not want to talk about that fucking probably, Hannibal. That's probably, like, my favorite thing is how he thinks that she has been uh, molded by Hannibal the same way everyone else has, where she just flat out says, you know, I'm not as malleable as you. And he was a child when they knew each other. Like, well, like, uh, he was younger. He wasn't at his full, like, evil power then. So, yeah, like, like, it was a little different. That's why, like, I like when it alludes to uh, this funny dynamic in the previous episode where it's like, who knew him better and who knows him best, you know? <laughs> like, as much as, I don't know if anybody wants to claim that, but <laughs> that that felt like the thing that was happening and still happening in this conversation. It was like, yeah, who knows best. him best? Well, related to that, um, I don't like Will in Europe. I shall call him fanfic Will. But I like I did like that chest though in the scene when like he was in the in the freaking um in the bunk cabin. I can't remember what they call those on trains. I just know the Harry Potter train. What do they call them? Like cabins? <laughs> what do they call them? I never sleeper cabins. Yeah. Well, sleeper cars. <laughs> I only know about sleeper cars sleeper. from uh, what was it? Uh, Some like it hot. They they had sleeper cabins in that movie. I don't know. I don't like the train. The train scares me. Related to that. (laughs) So So you're okay flying in a plane? I'm okay with flying in a plane because it's the safest way to travel statistically. According to Superman. And would you would he lie to you? (laughs) Well he's an alien. He might say anything. Don't get all Trumpy on this podcast. Why would Superman like by a plane, he flies by himself. <laughs> well, it's statistically the safest way to travel. I don't know. I don't want trains. <laughs> like, trains freak me out just because of how easy, how long, like, you know what scares me about trains? You don't want to get robbed. I don't want, uh, do you know how long it takes for them to stop? That freaks me out. Like, it's like, um, if so, if I, if my car, like, my, my imaginary car, because I don't have a car, if my imaginary car stops on the tracks, and oh my god, a train's coming, and it's like a kilometer away, it'll take like another three kilometers to fully stop, and I'm like, I would be dead, <laughs> so, unless I got out of the freaking car. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you're safer on the train than in the car. <laughs> I'm just saying trains freak me out. <laughs> But related to that, I'm going somewhere. <laughs> so on this week's Under the Table True Crime segment, <laughs> focuses on Angel Maturno Resendez. So Angel Maturno Resendez, a.k.a. Rafael Resendez Ramirez, a.k.a. Rangel, Angel Reyes Resendez, was a serial com- killer who committed his crimes near railroads where he had jumped off trains he was using to travel around the country. He became known as the Railroad Killer and was listed as one of the FBI's 10 most wanted in 1999 before he surrendered himself to Texas authorities. Uh, Resendez was born in Mexico in in 1960, and according to articles I found, he was physically abused as a child. He was really small, well into adulthood. He was 5'4". His mother, Virginia Resendez de Matrino, never married his father, and she frequently abused him physically. At the age of six... He was sent to live with his maternal uncle, who raped him, and was also sexually assaulted by the local pedophile. At the age of 11, he ran away from home and spent some time living on the street, where he took up glue sniffing, of all things. Uh, In adulthood, he spent a total of 11 years in American prisons for crimes such as assault, auto theft, firearm possession, and burglary. 
After finishing each sentence, he would be deported back to Mexico, only to return every time. Resendez's first known murder occurred in 1986 when he killed a homeless woman and her boyfriend. In 1991, he committed his first known murder on U.S. soil, killing 33-year-old Michael White in Kentucky by beating him to death with a brick. Uh, Over the course of the following eight years, he continued traveling by train in the U.S., during which time he killed at least a dozen people. When the crimes were connected forensically and by VICAP, a manhunt started. He was nicknamed the Railroad Killer because all killings occurred near train tracks. In June of 1999, after being identified as the killer, he was placed in the top 10 of the FBI's Most Wanted and a reward of $50,000, which just some days later was raised to $125,000. So, the same month, the Texas Ranger Drew Carter contact Manuela, Resendez's sister who lived in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and to whom he was close. He promised her that Resendez would be granted personal safety in jail, regular visitation rights for his family, and a psychological evaluation. At that time, he had been tracked down to Mexico. After the promised deal was put into writing, the sister convinced him convinced him to turn himself into U.S. authorities. On July 13th, Resendez met with Drew Carter and surrendered himself. He was tried for first-degree murder with damning evidence to back the charges up, found guilty, and sentenced to death. On June 27, 2006, he was executed by lethal injection in Huntsville, Texas. His last words were, I want to ask if it is in your heart to forgive me. You don't have to. I know I allowed the devil to rule my life. I just ask you to forgive me and ask the Lord to forgive me for allowing the devil to deceive me. I thank God for having patience in me. I don't deserve to cause you pain. You do not deserve this. I deserve what I'm getting. Resendez found his victims, all of whom were randomly picked while traveling by stowing away on trains. They were attacked, sometimes through burglaries near the railways, and were usually bludgeoned to death with some incidental object. A few female victims were also raped, though it was usually only a, a secondary intent. After the murders, he would spend some time in their houses. He also took jewelry, cash, valuables, and other items and gave them to his wife in Mexico. Most victims were found covered with something or obscured from view in some other way. So and he would always say that uh, the victims caused their own, their own deaths because the first few... Uh, victims he had the homeless couple he killed them because uh the guy got the guy got him mad so he killed them and the second guy he killed he said uh michael white was gay and he couldn't stand for that so he killed him so it's like he always seemed to blame them Hmm. which is pretty creepy that's why i don't like trains (laughs) 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 trains are freaky anyway (laughs) let's move on so, something related to what I said earlier. This topsy-turvy season makes me love Hannibal and hate Will. What's wrong with me? I love his open collars and general shirtlessness. I also his classy threats. P.S. I hate myself. <laughs> He's so casual this season. I still don't like Hannibal and I still love Will, so... <laughs> I'm still in the same boat as, like, the last two seasons. But he's changed so much in a non-cool Alana way. <laughs> like, Alana is, like, him, but better. <laughs> no. Well, to be fair, you know, Alana's already had her fill of Hannibal, whereas Will hasn't quite just yet. So maybe that's why. <laughs> you know, a lady knows how to move on better. <laughs> and Will hasn't been on in enough relationships to know how to move on. How so. many relationships do you think Will has had? Now, going off of fan fiction, <laughs> the popular canon theory is that he dated, like, maybe had one serious relationship young, either in high school, but that's very rare, mostly college. He had somebody, but he was hurt badly, so that's kind of, you know, wrecked, story wrecked, in my life. <laughs> kind of wrecked him for the rest of his life, so he hasn't bothered because of his gift, his empathy, empathy gift, he couldn't shut it off yeah and he couldn't turn it on the right way (laughs) whoever he was but yeah and also the popular theory is he dated both sexes (laughs) that's just my favorite i love that it's just so convenient because will being will he wouldn't he wouldn't know early on if he was gay or straight because of his empathy he would empathize with both people all around him so 
So he's a sad bi. <laughs> yeah, apparently, <laughs> the, like that's, that's the thinking. Is that he's probably better categorized as bisexual, but even him, he's like, I don't know. Whoever comes along. <laughs> yeah, he hasn't had enough experience to really like declare himself in any kind of uh, mm. sexuality. So it's just kind of like little question mark like there. <laughs> Circle not filled all the way. <laughs> he's like maybe. <laughs> Maybe all of the above. Yeah, I don't know. Probably like a semi-romantic, maybe. Ah, but my favorite joke this episode is: I think Hannibal would be offended to see the picture Mason used for the mugshot on his wanted poster. <laughs> Mason takes every opportunity to be a bitch. <laughs> Let me learn from you, my queen. Because <laughs> like it was such a terrible picture. Like it looked like it was taken off of MySpace or something. I was curious: is that was that picture taken from? This, like, this season? Season I three? Th- I think it was taken from season two. It felt like it was, like, re, like, uh, like, they didn't get the picture from season two, but they remade it. Mm-hmm. Like, they redressed him up because, you know, they didn't have it. Because so, that's what it feels like to me. It looks too close to season three, that picture. It looks so. like the pi- uh, picture he would have taken, like, br- like, look it up, I can't yeah, tell. Yeah, I'm going to look at the picture. <laughs> but it was still funny to me because it was, like, so badly shot and it was so grainy. Yeah, the and, lighting like, yeah, I was just like Mason did that on purpose. He had all these good pictures he could have used from like Hannibal's website or something, and he uses the crappies. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, yeah, bitch. It's like, this will pit them off just right. Here, let me just look it up. <laughs> I like how he did the accent too. <laughs> That's where they got it. Well, can you expect anything less from Mason? Yeah, Mason's like, um, this is the first guy who's ever really, he's the one that got away. I don't know why everybody's so obsessed with Hannibal. It's like, I don't hate him because he's so popular. <laughs> Did you find it? Yeah, I was waiting for it. Uh-uh. I didn't bring my computer. Like, we're recording in JJ's house today. Yeah, see, it looks terrible. What the hell? It looks like, you know those pictures you take at uh, when you come in through customs? That's what it reminds me of. Maybe that's where it's from. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Yeah. Per Omi, Dr. Hannibal Lecter. You know what it almost looks like? It almost looks like a photo that costume people took oh. for their own reference. And that's why it's blurry because his face doesn't matter unless, you know, makeup. They're just looking at his clothes. Yeah. But yeah, if they're trying to keep track of his clothes, and that's why it's zoomed in. Maybe that's why. That was so. That's a good idea. Yeah, someone let us know. That feels like. It uh, feels like. Uh, yeah, like a. Costumes or a makeup photo. The only reason why I don't think it's a costume photo is because every costume photo I've seen of Mass Mickelson, he's pulling a, sil- a stupid face. Because <laughs> he would be Mass. He wouldn't be Hannibal. Hannibal yeah. he's getting his so maybe today. they just told him, like, hey, we're going to use one of these photos for for Hannibal's mugshot. Like, take the first one seriously. That's possible, yeah. <laughs> take the first one seriously. <laughs> That's very possible. Let's see, what does this thing say? Dot Hannibal Lecter. Oh, is wait, it it's, all, it's, all, it's all in uh, Italian. Okay. per homicido. Americana. The Lithuania. It has his fucking date of birth in there. What's his date of birth? Since 1965. How old would he be? 65. Well, what, what, what year was the show? 2015. 2015? So, okay. Do the math! <laughs> <laughs> It has his birthday. What day? What day is his birthday? Okay, just a second. One thing at a time. <laughs> Everybody calm down. This reminds me. I need to know what his sign is. Okay. This is the first time I've seen a fucking birthday. So I'm just like, what the hell's going on? Okay, Minus. You gotta find out how much of a daddy he is. Oh, yeah. Fifty. 50. Okay. That's not as good. <laughs> yeah, it works. Um. Metal. Metal. Americano. Pistachio, I need to look up this one. It just says date. It doesn't actually say, like, uh, like it just Does says it year. Yeah. It doesn't give a day. Okay, we gotta look that up. And he's 80 kilograms, apparently, at 1.83 meters. 200 pounds? 80K? What's, what's that? Why the hell do I care? I know, right? Because <laughs> it's important information. So, yeah, that's why. It's like 82. Because I remember the day I used so to weigh 175 kilograms. That was good. <laughs> it was like um, numerous plates of nachos <laughs> like four years ago. <laughs> no, 80 kilograms is 176 pounds. Man, I wish I weighed that. Yeah, that's pretty fit. It's tight. Six foot. Like, <laughs> so like, how tall is he? Okay, hold on. Meters to feet. So, what is it? 1.83? Six foot. <laughs> 
calm yourself. Fan myself. <laughs> well, it's pretty like skinny for like six feet, like uh, 175 pounds. That's true. Feet. Yeah. It's probably just like the they might also be going off the book actually those facts and not actually what like what, what actual mass is. is yeah. So I'm pretty sure mass is a little taller and a little and heavier. skinnier yeah. Oh, uh, but um. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> he got sidetracked with like weights and stuff. Um, I would have thrown Will from the train too. His constant <laughs> talk of Hannibal was getting on my nerves. Chio. Like a girl who know. just got a boyfriend for the first time that broke up with her. Like, it's just like, stop talking about Hannibal. I didn't understand why she did that. I was surprised when it did. Because she's protecting Hannibal. Because oh. she thinks, like, she knows that he's either going to kill him or make him worse. Yeah. So it's like, I'm hoping it's killing. She's still <laughs> trying to protect Hannibal. <laughs> well, because Hannibal is like her brother, basically. Mm. Kind of like a really warped big brother. Yeah, yeah, it's like if my, like, go, like knock on wood, my sister doesn't become a killer. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, like, you have to support your family, you know, and mean, ride or die, basically. And, like... <laughs> <laughs> JJ thinks I'd be the killer. (laughs) If I were the killer, like I told my sister that if anything ever happened to me, the only thing she had to do was delete my computer. Not that there's anything like incriminating on there. I just want people reading my fanfic and publishing it like posthumously. (laughs) You'd be dead. Why would you care? I don't want it online. She doesn't want to be remembered for my for like second drafts. (laughs) I don't want to do. I don't want to be done by like Tupac who had all this stuff released that he didn't intend to. Well, but they're doing a Prince now where they're releasing all this stuff because he's dead. Like Mm. that's sad. Sad. But yeah, I would throw Will from the train. How about you guys? Who don't like raise raise your hands if you you would throw Will from the train? How wouldn't I keep him in the train and tell him to sit in his bunk? Lie there. Talk to yourself. What she said though, that that uh, violence is what he understands, and so she just throws him off the train. Yeah, head first. Yeah, I I love it too. (laughs) I'm watching it. Like at the bottom, it says. Gasp! <laughs> I, 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 I had the subtitles on, um, and yeah, just like Will gasp, and I was like, "Did he?" And then I played it back. Oh, yeah, he does. <laughs> just this weird little thing. Not expecting that. And then he does that weird dramatic flip. It's like you could not flip that much. I know, right? Yeah. I was like, that's purely just for like the shot. It's like, it's like I don't even know how like how you flip like that. But all right. Well, because like it reminded me of the flip that Alana does when uh, when when Abigail pushes it out the window. But that made sense because she was like what twenty feet off the ground. So like she didn't flip. She didn't flip, but she looked like she was going to like because she probably landed on her spine. That's what I think. Like she landed on her neck, basically. That's what I think. We could check it out later. Well, <laughs> of course she this. did. <laughs> yeah. But she landed awkwardly. Like, like the way she was going, like, the torque of her push was, like, shoulders and her shoulders hit the ground. Like, I'm doing the... Uh, oh, <laughs> and the notes for this, I'll put up my drawing. <laughs> shoulders would have hit the cement first, is what I'm saying. <laughs> Did you watch the episode? <laughs> I am forgetting so much. Okay. <laughs> I'm just sitting here going, keep telling it wrong. <laughs> well, how did she land? It didn't show how she landed. Did it? Yeah, it does. She lands like, flat on her back. Yeah, but yeah, like, it was, she, she was paralyzed. That's why she was in traction. And yeah, then she had surgeries to fix it. And then she rehabilitated, learned to walk. That's why she had a cane. But she probably landed on her shoulders first and then the rest of her body. That's what I'm thinking. Uh, but yeah. no, because of the way like she comes playing out of the oh. out of the the thing they have her like this. <laughs> We're just like, oh, can't see it. Yeah, 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 yeah don't consider it. Yeah. yeah, but like that pose that comes out like this. So like then it probably like because when you do fall like that, you you usually you hit try your to brace yourself. Yeah, yeah you hit uh, your level of gravity's in your hips. So you would smack your hips first, and then your head would hit. So. But so when it, like it looked like her shoulders broke the glass. Is what I'm saying. So in that case, with the hips coming out first, her butt would have fallen. No, it was her back, Sonia. Let's move her on. Shoulders move forward <laughs> when you come back, you know, with impact. You know we're, do, we're doing the pointing of the arms. <laughs> get, like, my friend's a physics up, expert. We'll get him on it. It's okay. It's like, on. How would she You're fall? making me mad. Moving on. <laughs> but, okay, back to my favorite things. I love Mason's weird accent. Like, what the hell is that? <laughs> have it last 
an accent. His weird accent, because whenever he... I think it's just probably, like, the reconstruction of his mouth, but it still fucking kills me the way he talks. How does it make you feel, Dr. Brooke? It's kind of like a weird Sean Connery thing, too. Yeah, it's like he has, like, a... What was it? Like, he has, like, a trach or something. That's what it sounds like to me. Like, you know, like, he's breathing out of some weird part of his nose or his, like, throat or something. Just, like, kills me every single time. Well, it's probably because, yeah, his nose is probably damaged, too. Because, like, if you ever notice the way you talk when you plug your nose, you're... It turns into this kind of sound. Turn so. into a Squidward. Yes. Yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna laugh like Squidward. But I'm not gonna. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if yeah something got damaged and like a septum. Or yeah, thing. something. So yeah, that's probably what explains that weird voice. Yeah, because he is pretty nasally. Like I've heard um, the actor speak properly. The like. He doesn't have that, that nasally of a voice, so I think he's probably putting it on. Like, or it's probably in the makeup. It's like the thing with um, Robin Lord Taylor in Gotham. Like, he puts a... So he can walk like the penguin, because the penguin got uh, his leg damaged in the first episode of the first season. So, like, he always has to walk with, like... Like, his knee has been damaged. So they put mm. a... Like, so the way he does that every time without having to forget is he put a, he puts a rock in the shoe that the bad leg is on so i'm like ah it must be an actor's thing <laughs> no but i love mason's voice it just kills me even though he's obviously doing a gary oldman from uh the i was gonna movie. say i'm wondering if um it's like we can't beat gary oldman so we might as well just follow up yeah because like mason is a terrible man <laughs> like they're making yeah. him worse in the show than he ever was in the in the movie because like you could like, because in Hannibal the movie, Mason's just a pervert. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he was just a guy who picked up Hannibal, and, like, Hannibal gave him drugs. And then he's like, hey, no, he was his doctor. He's his doctor, but he was also a pervert. Like, yeah. Yeah, I like that line, actually. It was like, I put on my best come hither outfit. <laughs> I was like, hey. It's like you were hitting on Hannibal. Because, like, he's a like, even, like, I think he's actually worse than in the book. Like, like, on the show, he's worse than he is in the book. Because in the book, he didn't, um, I don't think he sterilized, uh, I don't think he sterilized Margot himself in the book. If I can recall correctly, I can't remember. But, yeah, like, it's, like, I think, uh, the show both makes Hannibal and Mason worse than they've ever been portrayed. And it's bizarre to me. I really love that, though. I like it too. I think too. The, at least the thing with the TV TV show too is, and it's funny too. You think a book would be able to explore it more, but because the books are like from the point of view of uh, Clarice, Clarice or Will, like good people supposedly. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas in this one, we actually get the points of view of the bad people, so we actually really need to see how bad they actually are. Mm-hmm. So that kind of makes sense. I still stand by my theory too that Mason is like what Hannibal would be if he got to grow up in luxury. Like, is, like, without any limits? Like, uh, that's what I think. I still think that. That's why, like, uh, I think, ha- like, Mason has to kill him. Like, he's like, well, he got the best of me. I gotta take him down. Mm. The same, like, because he, he thought it was rude that, like, uh, Hannibal didn't kill him outright. And he's like, I gotta, get, like, make him suffer for leaving me alive. <laughs> like, sort of thing. Because we come up to the next episodes where we find out what he's trying to do. Yeah! Mm. I'm so excited. <laughs> Hold on. Uh, the fact that Hannibal has a Victrola really, really amused me. <laughs> like that windy uh, record player. Um, uh, yeah, I was just like, man, you're so pompous. I love you. <laughs> I know, right? It's almost like a whole nother level, level of um, hipster, right? Yeah. Where it's like, it only so- sounds, sounds cleaner, better, richer on a record. <laughs> <laughs> it's like... Shut up. <laughs> Though in my defense, it does sound better on the record. But <laughs> well, I just think it's just it just sounds different. It's just a, another way to hear it. I don't think it's necessarily better or worse. It's just it's like a flavor. Do you mm. like that flavor, or you don't like that flavor? So, but I just love how it is like one of those old timey hand cranked ones mm. where he has to flip the needle right onto it, and it makes that creaky noise that sounds like a haunted house, and like the horn is huge. <laughs> Like I'm playing a lot of Bloodborne right now, so that's why it's uh it, it's really giving me Victorian era vibes. I'm like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but I feel like such a wuss. But when Hannibal takes someone by surprise, I always gasp aloud every single time because <laughs> it's like you forget. You know what I mean? Like you know he's an asshole, but you always forget how dangerous he is. At least I do. Like because I you get all like uh, what's the word? You get all 
comfortable and like, oh yeah, Hannibal's not doing anything. And then like he does something and you're like, oh my god. Well, that's part of his charm, isn't it? To make you feel comfortable until he strays. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, he's like, um, I don't know, like, he, he, I don't know, he, ugh, just creeps me out. <laughs> I almost knocked my glasses off, I'm sorry. Cobra. <laughs> but, anyway, like, like, when's that, like, when he killed Beverly, gasp loud. When he killed, uh, Franklin, gasp loud, because I didn't expect it. Uh, what was the other one? Um... When, I can't remember who else he tried to kill. Oh, when he killed the guy with the ice pick. That freaked me out. I was just oh. like, what the hell? I was like, stop it. Like, I felt like the deal he's sitting with her. Like, I'm just like, ugh. You know what I love is uh, Mass playing Hannibal makes the same face every time he kills somebody. That just, it's like a weird, like, it's like he shuts down everything. And it's just a straight, I'm working. <laughs> you know, I've never seen that face. It's just like it goes blank, and it's just like as he's killing, and he looks super calm, and it's just—it's almost like the opposite that anyone would give an actor to, to how to play it, right? Like, but no, he just goes blank. He shuts down, and it's just the same face every time he kills somebody. It's like somebody. a killing machine. Yeah, a killing yeah. machine. Yeah, it's it's so fascinating. I almost did a spit take at him. I'm working. <laughs> episode i love how hannibal admits to calling mason's tip line just for fun <laughs> like yeah i know right yeah. that was great it's like i called it once just for fun it's like, <laughs> like, i know right that sounded so weird to hear it's like because the way he said it because he's all smiley he's like i called mason's tip line just for fun and i'm like oh <laughs> then he just called him a taunt it was like hey mason i'm still alive lol because <laughs> somebody's obviously manning the line every like 20 like 24 hours obviously so it's like did they track it? <laughs> so it just well, he said it, he did it far from there. Yeah. Yeah. So I imagine he knew that they were tracking the number and stuff, but. Well, was... there's probably an area code that pops up, so mm-hmm. it's just. Even that's risky in itself. That shows boredom. Yeah. <laughs> just Skype in, you loser. <laughs> like Mason. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Because he just called the taunting, they are bitches in arms. That's what I wrote here. In <laughs> uh, a list of who deserves to kill Hannibal Bohr, I think Jack and Miriam are right up there with Winston the dog in second place. So. <laughs> Winston the dog. <laughs> well, he knows. And he saw, he saw his master go to prison for Hannibal's crimes. <laughs> He's comfortable. Give me a spinoff of Winston the dog. I need it now. <laughs> Where is he? <laughs> I think he's probably still alive. It's like a dark Scooby-Doo. But I love how yeah, Jack sees Hannibal you know, killing, and he's just not surprised at all by the horror that's hanging out the window. Yeah, he doesn't even react. He's, he's just, just react. like... He's just looking up at him, and it's like, it's so great. And then I love how, you know, uh, Jack has the slightest bit of surprise, because he doesn't know when he'll pop out. So Hannibal starts taunting him by talking him about Bella. Oh, that's what I was using. Uh, one of my favorite things this episode, I know I said that a lot for an episode I supposedly didn't like, but it's like, and Jack using the socks trick. Yeah! I know, that's great. I was like, I love that. That exact same shot, he was using the padded sock, like, just padded feet. Walking up, and, and, and it was so great that Hannibal. Like, I genuinely believe that Hannibal didn't know, like, they didn't know he was there. Yeah, yeah, because it was just like, like he knew he was there, but he didn't know he was behind him, and it was great. I was like, and you know what the baddest part about that was too? Um, all, he walks through the broken glass in his socked feet and didn't care. And I was I like, know. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just like reacting like this is a wrestling event. Yeah, <laughs> I wrote a note here. Kick his ass, Jack. <laughs> And I also wrote in my notes, he's using his Matrix training. Because <laughs> he's just yeah. punching the hell out of him. Oh, I love this the part of the episode. <laughs> so much happened in this one scene. Like, starting from him killing the dude, which I was so sad about. I was like, Because no. <laughs> it was such a speedy, and, you know, they actually showed, like, his, his life. personal life with his new wife. Mm-hmm. I didn't mean to him. <laughs> but it's, it's so sad that, you know... He kind of lied that he said he wouldn't kill him if he answered his questions, and he still did, and just shoved him out the window. Oh, God, I'm so mad at him. So that's why I'm so glad that Jack showed up and kicked his ass. I was like, yes. This is the best. Yes, hand it to him, Jack. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a fucked up way to die, too. Yeah, oh. like, because I was reading, uh, I'm reading Cabal by uh, uh, Clyde Barker right now, and there was a scene where 
the the antagonist uh, guts somebody in mm. the similar way that Hannibal does to this guy, and they describe it in the book. But because the the character he stabs is Nightbreed, which is like a people who are dead but are still living, mm. um, like his guts just fall out, and he's like, oh crap! Like he's gonna pick him <laughs> up. Yeah. So like, when I saw that scene, I'm like, man, that's that's passy sort of thing. <laughs> oh, but that scene was so good. Uh, I was. It was just so gross because he just fell down and like the gravity like, pushed uh, all of that out. I was like, it's even grosser in the like that's the only gross uh, grosser scene was in the, was in Hannibal the movie because they show the color and this one it's darker so it's like it's not as bad because I remember the one in Hannibal freaking me out more just because you see it more and people are screaming all over the place and yeah like, like so gross <laughs> gross out. and um, also he talked to Lana on the phone what is I know he was right? such a bitch what, what, a, what a sassy just like, guy <laughs> hello Lana <laughs> It's like, I'd love to talk to you, but you caught me on an awkward time. <laughs> like, and it's like, <laughs> you fucker. Because <laughs> I just love how she, he's like, in, in, Inspector Fazizi, this is Alana Bloom. Like, and then he just starts talking, to, like, hello, Alana. And she's like, oh my God. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I guess she was tr- calling to try to warn him not yeah, to cause she's, engage in Hannibal. Yeah, because she even told Mason outright, like, you know Hannibal's going to kill him. Like, <laughs> And so I think she was trying to warn him, but like, still it was like... <laughs> she was trying to extend that courtesy just because, like, you know... Give him a chance, but you know, it's too late. It was too late. <laughs> yeah, because he didn't. He was really underestimating him. Like I think he was still thinking he was dealing with the kid that he knew, mm. not the the man who's been fucking killing everybody, like cutting a trail through freaking Europe. I think so yeah, he just he underestimated him. I think <laughs> it was kind of uh, yeah interesting factoid. Like uh, it's what I love about the alternate universe that Hannibal TV TV show is, is that original conversation happens with Claire East. In uh, the books, right? Mm-hmm. But I really love um, like how they're using Alana this season. I really, really love mm-hmm. her. Like I'm glad it only gets better from here, but still, like, oh, like not to spoil anything, but it does get better from here. I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> yeah we're, we're getting close to the end of this arc. Yeah, getting close. Two more episodes, I think. Yeah. Because yeah. right. I'm really looking forward to two more episodes from now. Because I'm like, yeah, my favorite part, my favorite book we're covering. And we get to Sonia's favorite arc. Yeah. yeah. And it'll just be like, yeah. like, it'll just be me screaming the whole time. <laughs> it's like, yeah. It'll be interesting. <laughs> okay, we come to the end of the show. <laughs> uh, so let's go around and discuss what your favorite and least favorite part of this episode was and why. So let's. My least favorite part is Bobby Pazzi's death. Yeah, he's still pretty sad about it. He was such a like such a cutie pie with his accent, and he just wants to like go. Oh, he just wants to be happy. Yeah, he, he wants to like prove himself because you know his honor was was ruined by Hannibal years ago. And so I was kind of I know he, he wouldn't win, but I was kind of ruining him anyway. <laughs> and of course, my favorite part is the last scene. I don't think I've ever been so happy. Watching Hannibal. I was so happy during that scene. Like, like Jack was vicious. Like he definitely got like, he, yeah, he was like, he got nothing to lose, I guess, because he lost Bella. Mm. So he just like went in there. Like he had this determination fire in his <laughs> eyes. And he just like kept smashing Hannibal into glass cases. Well, I love what you say. It's like, what are you gonna? How are you gonna feel when I'm gone? And like Jack um, is like alive. He <laughs> 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 actually did kind of look alive. Yeah, and I was like, because like, we've seen him in mourning, and we've seen him trying to be tough for Bella, and like all this other stuff. And this is the first time we see him as he was in like the first season and the second season, the guy who's gonna throw caution to the wind and like get the bad guy. Guy, but he's gonna make the bad guy suffer before he takes him in. And I'm like, yeah! <laughs> it was so good. And I didn't appreciate, you know, Hannibal getting away. <laughs> like, I still have no idea if he actually did. But I, I don't like that. <laughs> well, he was limping, so we'll be able to find him. <laughs> Let's follow the trail of blood. JJ? <laughs> Let's see. I think uh, least favorite is... Um... Hmm. I don't know if I have a least favorite in this episode. You know what? No, I do. It's, um, I actually feel sorry for Jack in the beginning there. Where, he, yeah, he's dumping the ashes and the wedding ring. That was pretty sad. Like, it's not very often I feel bad for Jack. <laughs> Didn't that scene just feel so lonely, too? Like, it did. Yeah. It's like, it felt so very lonely and just like, <sighs> I felt like we're, you know, we're, we're watching something we shouldn't be watching. Yeah, like it was a very private moment, yeah. right? It's like, yeah, that one kind of bummed me up. 
But like, oh, favorite scene? Yeah, is that ending. Just Jack, <laughs> yeah. like, kick his ass. <laughs> it's like one of those weird mixed emotion things where it's like so satisfying to see uh, Hannibal get his, uh, what's the word? Ask come, it to him. Come up in. Come up. How do you say it? Comeuppance. Comeuppance. Like, come muffins. Yeah. <laughs> oh. That's the name of the episode, comeuppance. That, that word, anyway. Yeah. Where it's just, it felt so satisfying, but at the same time, it's like, I'm like, oh, my poor Hannibal. But it's like, you deserve it, though. <laughs> and you know what? It's weird. Like, I got this feeling that in a weird masochist way, he half enjoyed getting beat up just because it's like... Good for you, Jack. You got something out <laughs> of me. You got me. Oh, Jack. <laughs> Until, like, you know, right till the very end of that beating, then he, like, looks really pissed off. But he cleverly stages himself at the window. So he can get out, yeah. So he hopes that he does hit him out the window. Mm. So, still being smart. So it's like, yeah. <laughs> Hannibal being Hannibal. I just, yeah, that's my favorite. So. <laughs> my least favorite part of this episode was Mason sexually harassing Alana. That, yeah. was, that was the creepiest freaking thing. And this yeah. is, we're talking about a guy who's a pedophile. Like, and I'm like, this is the creepiest thing he's ever done is just talk to her. Like, uh, like he's abusing her for the fact that she fell for Hannibal. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't really like that because it's like, it's obviously something that is still a knife wound for her because she mm-hmm. didn't see, it's like she's a psychologist and she didn't see it mm-hmm. like i don't know why this is making me feel bad for her season two i apologize for everything bad i said about alana last season <laughs> but it's just like it was really heartbreaking for me because i like I, we were discussing this off camera about like guys who are woke but not woke yeah and it just bothers them to me how guys feel so freely to insult women like in sexual terms mm-hmm. it just angers me so much oh but my favorite part too was the fight <laughs> And I really love how each uh, aspect of that fight tells a lot about who they are as characters. Because when Hannibal gets stabbed through the leg, he doesn't react in horror or pain. He reacts more in a a physiological sense, like, oh, the data that just hit me is pain and I should react to it. Like, I really like that he didn't sound in pain. He's just, like, angry that he got hit. Yeah, and, like, when his arm gets crunched in that thing, right, he just kind of goes, Yeah. (laughs) And that's it. It's like, do you know, like, any other human... (laughs) would be fucking screaming whereas like he like i said he because of the the thing in front of him he turned on his machine part of him that just deals with things and just shuts down everything else so that he can get the job done or live whatever so yeah i know it's just like i'm fascinated by that how like uh, like i just you know brought out a mass on just shutting down when it's like the opposite of what any other actor would do which is like you know just really screaming and screaming or like really revving up like ah grr, ah, and all this, <laughs> you know or whatever how men fight <laughs> <laughs> grr, ah. well it reminded me scene in Silence of the Lambs where um, Hannibal's just le- illegally killing that guy in the jail cell, the cop, or he's just like, like moving. Yeah, the, he, he's bludgeoning him. Yeah, right? he's just hitting him, and like it's, he's not even reacting too much. He's just like out of breath for a moment. Mm-hmm. That's what's my favorite part in the movie, just because you you get a lot of what the character, who the character is, by just that moment. Mm-hmm. Really love that as a, like a director and as a writer, just seeing like. Because, uh, like, in the, like if we were to look up the script, it would probably just say, like, Hannibal tries to get away or Hannibal is reacting with, like, pleasure. Like, I would love to see what the script says for that scene and how much mass changed it. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, man, that must have been cool to just see what it says. Because it's probably just, like, two lines of, of exposition and he just, like, went crazy on it. Plus, I love how Jack, you can tell a lot about Jack because it seems like, um... It seems like he's trying to get Hannibal to react the way they way uh, he did when he was in the wine cellar, like in the pantry mm-hmm. from last season. He wanted him to fe- be he afraid. He wanted him to be afraid, and, and he, I was, and and he, he wasn't. Was, yeah, he wasn't giving that to Hannibal. He wasn't giving that to Jack. And I'm just like, yeah. But anyway, well, like, so we don't talk about the fight. For yeah. Well, I just want to add one more note. <laughs> one more note. Just one more note. Uh, I remember reading in uh, my uh, one serial killer books where the reason they say that, like one thing with psychopaths and especially like the really dangerous ones is that's one reason why they're able to kill the way they they kill is because that part of their brain shuts down where any kind of feeling just disappears, and that explains for half the time of their um, why they're so cruel. Is they're like not necessarily trying, but there's like a weird hope in the back of the brain that's been described for some that perhaps if they're more cruel, perhaps if they inflict more pain or something, they'll feel something. 
it'll trick it will go through that barrier that they that naturally comes up chemically or whatever it'll seep through and they'll actually feel something mm-hmm. but half the time they well they keep doing what they're doing obviously because it's not working well it reminds me of uh, this documentary i called uh, uh called i saw called uh child of rage it's about this little girl who um has antisocial personality disorder because I've I've heard of that I've never watched it but I heard of that it's really sad she was abused as a child like sexually and really really horribly like and she had no attachment to people so they actually had to lock her in her room at night because she would try to kill her brother and she didn't understand why like people were upset about that she was just like yeah I want I really want to hurt mommy and daddy and that's all she'd say. Like, she's just saying it, like, normally. And it's just because they don't understand the concept of somebody else's... Like, I've been hurt this much, and so it didn't bother me. So if I hurt this person, it won't matter to them either. They, yeah. they, don't, they don't understand empathy. Like, uh, we had a, that empathy test that we were talking about a few episodes back. I think it was, like, last episode. <laughs> was that I think it might have been the episode been. <laughs> Yeah, but the book was talking about that it's not innate evil. It's a lack of empathy that creates psychopaths. Like, because they don't understand other people's point of view. They don't understand Mm -hmm. people feeling hurt. So it's, like, it's pretty interesting theory to go by. Because, like, Hannibal has no empathy. Like, he understands the societal concept of empathy and what Mm -hmm. he needs to do. But he does not understand it as a a real thing. It's not something that affects him. Mm Mm-hmm. Excuse me, I'm burping because I drink yeah. too much water. <laughs> like, I remember reading in a fan fiction once where, oh, okay, okay. I just love the way this one writer uh, wrote it. It's just, she said, um, it was Will talking. He understood that the way Hannibal's way of loving him was different than the normal and healthy way. Whereas it's more like a possession. Mm-hmm. And if Will couldn't be his, he'd probably kill him because mm-hmm. he doesn't yeah, want right. anybody to have it. He wants this feeling and love, so-called love that Will has for him. He wants it for himself, like a possession. And he said, that's fine. I know that about Hannibal. And it's not, I don't love him in spite of it. I love him because of it. And I just really like the way, like, it was very interesting how this author wrote it. I really wish I could remember which one that is at this moment. I, I Okay, I will find it and... <laughs> credit this person next podcast. I love podcast. the blank looks we're giving you. <laughs> I know, I was like, you should see the looks. That, you should see the looks that they're giving me as I'm saying this. Oh, but uh, fanfic, if we're doing fanfic Rex, I read this one recently. It was uh, Chilton, uh, Chilton Abel Gideon, and it was about uh, a zombie outbreak, really? and uh, Chilton releases Gideon to save him. So, and then they end up going on the run with a bunch of people within the behavioral science unit, and Hannibal's there. And it's really cool because Hannibal's the first one to die because he underestimates the prey. And I was like, this is so cool. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'll, I'll find the title, but like, it was like one of my favorite fanfics because, like, like chapter three no, starts with, like, uh, and they're like, Hannibal was the first to die. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Sorry, I'll stop, like, messing with the microphone yeah, here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm but, just making a note here so I remember to look that up. I will send it to you. I'll probably It's probably saved in my bookmarks on AO3. Yeah, but yeah. anyway, <laughs> yeah. before we continue on with the fight, all right, what, where can we get a hold of you on social media? Do you have anything to promote, Celeste? Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Tumblr at Satuma. Yeah, Satuma. <laughs> <laughs> I am tired. <laughs> Satuma, S-A-T-U-M-W-A-H, and something to announce? Uh, well, me and Sonia's making a children's book. That's yeah. something we can announce. And it's like, it's Will Grammy because it's about like a... It's a little Grammy. It's a little girl with dogs. <laughs> <laughs> so. yeah, I didn't even make the connection. <laughs> we'll have a scene where she has curly hair. <laughs> Will would be so proud. <laughs> JJ. Uh, let's see. You can find me on Tumblr and Twitter as JJ Neeps. That's uh, J-J-N-E-E-P-S. Or you can find me on Instagram as JJ Neepin Films. What to promote? Um, unless, well, if you live in Winnipeg, uh, our, my film screening at uh, part of the Art Fest, uh, Females in. What is it? No, Films by Indigenous Women of Winnipeg. <laughs> That's on Friday. April 5th. April 5th, yeah. April 6th. And then uh, my, my films, Headdress and Bayland, were nominated for a Wendy Award. <gasps> <laughs> both that excited and pissed look from Sonia it was more excited yeah. than pissed <laughs> uh, nominated five times so uh, pretty excited wow. about that yeah so 
that's what's happening on the Saturday. So Yay. that's my life right now. Oh, wait, Wendy's on Saturday? Okay. Yeah. No. <laughs> just like, oh, so you better be there, man. I'm there. <laughs> For you, anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, you can find me as Honey Underscore Child on Twitter, where I do make a lot of Hannibalish comments. I don't update our our to Hannibal who's horny who botchy Twitter as much as I should. Yeah, give it to me. I'll be up. Okay, I'll, I'll try to turn it over to you. Yeah, uh, but yeah, like because it's it's been hard. I have like a bunch of places to update. Oh, good. But follow me on Twitter because I have so much fun on there. Uh, I'm Honey Dash Child on Tumblr. And Hannibal Sorni Abachi on Tumblr is where we're most active. I keep teasing JJ and Deepin on it. She does. <laughs> JJ and because she said, she, yeah, the pork chops conversation is up there. So right now. <laughs> it's like suspicious yet delicious. What did you take a picture of the dinner? I did, yes. You should post that shit. Okay, I will post that. <laughs> Make <it look> good. <laughs> but we shall hopefully return uh, a little bit quicker <laughs> unless something happens yeah, in the next uh, week. Yeah, I free so. all the next. Three weeks, so we should be able to catch up. Okay, on we'll catch up. But then I'm on Infinity War, so. Okay, well, we'll record before then, because, like, if if we can get to um, Red Dragon before the end of April, I will be happy. I think we will. Yeah! <laughs> okay, but we will see you guys later. All right. All right. Bye! Bye.